You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, welcome to another episode of Aging Starts Now. I'm Patty Bedwell, one of the elder care coordinators here at Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law. It's holiday time. The holidays are here and everyone is feeling jolly and festive, right? That's what we think anyway. But for caregivers, the holidays may bring extra heartache, stress, instead of the promised joy. So today, that's what we're going to be talking about on our podcast. And joining me in the conversation are Deborah King and Caitlin Green, who are my fellow elder care coordinators here at the firm. Welcome, ladies. Hello. Hi. Hey, now we all know we've talked to people who are not always jolly on the holidays. Um, we all look forward to it. It's such a busy, busy time, and it's it's supposed to be so awesome and wonderful. You know that Norman Rockwell thing. Um, but for a lot of people, it's not, especially our caregivers and our, our uh, elderly that have some um, problems. Um, so what do you guys suggest that we offer to clients or how do we talk to clients about their expectations of the holidays versus what, what the reality really might be? Well, I'll start. Um, I usually talk to caregivers, especially for someone who's caring for um, someone in the home, that to to limit activities, to not allow yourself to get overwhelmed, and especially for someone with cognitive impairments, to try and keep as close to the routine as possible. Um, we know people with dementia and other types of cognitive impairments rely on those routines for that sense of safety and security. So trying to have meals at the same time, trying to get up, get dressed, go to bed at the same time, have a nap if that's your normal routine, um, that kind of helps them maintain a sense of security and helps them um know that it's normal it's going to be it's often overwhelming if you have a lot of people over and there's always a lot of extra sensory input so having that routine can often help caitlin what do you do routine's a great tip you know in my experience it's hard when you're feeling not as jolly during the holidays because who can you talk to about it you know parents don't want to talk to their kids about fears or burdens and sometimes caregiving because they don't want to dampen their spirit. And I found that sometimes a third party or a professional or even just a, a friend that's out of the scenario to talk about some of those feelings that grief and anger or even fatigue, they don't stop for the holidays. And so just really, like you say, normalizing that this is what you're going through. You know, as professionals, we say we meet people where they are and walk with them. Sometimes it's hard to know who 
who you can talk to. Well, that, that sure does say it quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> you know, I was just reading an article uh, that a caregiver had written, and she was, like many people are, part of that sandwich generation, you know, where she had little kids, she had kids at home, and then was trying to take care of elderly parents and aunts and things like that. And the one thing that struck me is she said, I never felt like I gave anyone no one ever got what they should have out of the holidays because, you know, you're trying so hard to be everything to everyone. And so it, it always falls short. So um, for me, I really try to caution people to keep their expectations um, not low, but you just don't want them so high that they're um, unreachable. You know, very few of us have that Norman Rockwell, you know, picture perfect Christmas anytime. And when you add caregiving and, and, you know, some illness or cognition issues into it, it's just a recipe for uh, um, <laughs> not meeting those expectations. So, so to that end, um, what kind of tips or do do you have any um what are your special suggestions that you give to uh to your caregiver families in my experience um i usually just say to acknowledge what's going on you know the best advice that i ever got personally and professionally was that you don't have to be perfect you just need to be present so you know to acknowledge that that caregiving is a lot of effort, love, time, commitment, and it's okay to take a break, to slow down, to even give yourself an out. You know, one of the things during the holidays, if there's other people or other family around, that allow yourself to take a break, to take a break, that it is okay to um, not be the end-all, be-all, like you said, Patty, all the time, you know, 24-7, and I think if you have a, a, a special person with you, whether it's a cognitive impairment or a health issue, or they might fatigue easier or become overly sensitive to all the sights and sounds and noise, um, even those that don't have special needs can get overwhelmed with all the noise and excitement going on, is is to recognize and, and be aware when it's getting too much and and have an exit strategy. Um, if the main room is getting loud and crazy because the kids are around and they haven't had naps and the wrapping paper is flying everywhere, um, have a place where you can go and get a quiet moment, whether it's for you as a caregiver or whether it's for the one that you're taking care of. Um, feel comfortable to say, excuse us, we're going to take a little break and go into another room and close the door and, and just be quiet and present and be able to regroup. Um, I think that's always something that people feel like, as you said, you have to be there for everyone and maybe you don't. Right. And, you know, that's usually my uh, um, one of the things I always tell people, always have an exit strategy Um, so you can you can participate as much as you can, but always have a way to get out when it's uh, when you've reached your limit or when the person you're caring for has reached their limit. Yeah. Um, 
but participation is is key as well. If your your um, elder is able to participate, can you give them a job or a chore? Maybe they can still peel potatoes, or they can wash the vegetables, or they can set the table. Um, you know, and even more fun, can you include the elders with the children's activities and, and kind of mix generations and say, why don't we sit at the table in color while that we're waiting for the turkey to cook or things like that. So that they are participating. They're not just sitting in the chair in the corner observing everything that's going on. Mm. Well, that sounds great. I love color. <laughs> I was going to say that sounds like fun. I, you know, uh, just thinking about it, hearing you talk about that, Deb, that sometimes our caregivers or sometimes our uh, older adults or maybe those that have um, cognitive impairment like dementia, sometimes they do just get sit down in a corner and we don't re- realize it or mean to do it. But, you know, it could be because we ourselves are overstimulated or maybe they get overstimulated. You know, there's so many reasons why it can be overwhelming and we may not mean to do that, but that's really good. An exit strategy, a backup plan, allow yourself to take a break. It's great tips. Yeah. And and always let the, the, the person that you're caring for, you know, there's all different ways that people can participate, as, as Deb was saying, you know, maybe peeling potatoes, maybe, maybe reading a holiday story to those kids, you know, just Every person is different, so we have to kind of um, provide things that our loved ones are able to do, you know, success-oriented activities that will keep them as part of our celebration. Um, Well, and you know, I'm a scrapbooker and a storyteller, so um, can they tell stories of what the holidays were like when they were younger? Can you know, give everybody a chance to say what they're grateful for. Uh, pull out those photo albums or those old movies and show them. They can be fun, but they can also be memory invoking mm-hmm. and positive. That's one of my favorite things is are the family photos, especially of Christmas. You know, I love looking at the 1950s, like the tinsel trees and, mm-hmm. you know, when people were kids and the clothes they have on and, um, I'm like you. I, that for me has been a beautiful memory evoking activity, and I remember being being a child and doing that on holidays with, with family. So it's pretty special to both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and what about though for those people who maybe this is their first holiday without their spouse or without their mother or you know their significant person in their life. Uh, do you have any special tips or ideas for, for those? That's a big change. You know, that, that changes everything. Sure does. Even if it's, you know, loss, um, that first holiday is always a big one we hear. You know, it, it could be illness, you know, the first the first Christmas that's not the same. Um if somebody is sick or maybe because of caregiving or maybe they've gone to a facility and so that changes all the memories, it could be, it could be that it's disruptive and it feels you feeling alone in a room full of people. And in my own personal experience, I've kind of grieve the way it used to be. You know, we say the good old days and so I've really had to learn that lesson of let it be. 
that it's okay to make new memories, new traditions, to not feel for it to always be the way it always was. And and I think it I, I think people need to know that it's okay to grieve, that it's okay to not run around with, you know, a giant smile on your face and you know, that's what we expect at the holidays. But if you've just lost someone, it's kind of hard to keep that up. You know, so I think they uh, um, I think we need to be gentle with one another, especially, you know, when we're dealing with that first Christmas of loss after a loss. And just, and just trying to pin down what's important to you. Um, you know, there's some people that are going to go through and do it all the same way we've always done it. This is, you know, we've just got to do it the same way. And there's other people that don't want anything to be the same. We're going to do it all totally different. And then there's situations in the middle. And it might take a few holiday seasons to figure out what of those traditions you want to continue that need to be um, repeated and passed down in those traditions that it's okay to change, whether it's the location of where you're holding the holiday, whether it's where you put the tree or if you put a tree up or whose house you go to. There's, you know, maybe it's important that you cook the cookies, but you don't have the turkey. Trying mm-hmm. to be in touch with what's important to you, what makes you feel whole and alive and, and helps you get through it, not something that makes it more difficult to get through. Mm. Well, that pretty much says it right there. Whatever helps you get through it. Um, yeah. and make yeah. it the best, just to make it the best that you can and know that if you have lost someone, you know, next Christmas will be different. Next New Year's will be different. You know, you're you're always going to miss that loved one. But, you know, you can get to a point where the remembering is not so hard. Um, well said. Well said. Have either of you experienced uh, in this kind of change that we're talking about, experienced a caregiver or family in the home that they don't they don't feel as festive and then they're afraid to like take new pictures because maybe mom wouldn't want us taking pictures while she's sick or, um, you know, mom's hair is not the way it, it, it usually is, or she wouldn't like it this way and that kind of a thing, kind of hesitating to carry on because there's a presence of an illness or a caregiving situation. Have you guys seen that? A, a little bit I have. I, I think we... Um... <laughs> I think we all like to have our holidays and our things, our gatherings, perfect. And seeing sometimes seeing an illness um, takes away from that picture perfect. And also it's it, it makes it easier to not have to deal with it, you know, to not have to really latch on to, okay, mom really does have a problem. You know, I don't want to see that reminder is, you know, what I kind of think of. That's a good point. I saw, I think it was on social media. I saw um, it was an apple and uh, looking in the mirror and it said, we want people to see us on social media. And I thought, and Christmas cards, um, a pretty shiny red apple in the mirror. 
But what the mirror is not reflecting is that there's a bite taken out of the apple. And of course, I, I applied that to caregivers. You know, when you feel so fatigued and you feel like you have to be in a million places and do a million things and you're just exhausted and there's just your cup is empty, but you still have that pressure to have a beautiful, perfect holiday with the perfect food and the perfect memories and the, you know, perfect trees. And um, like Deb said, what really, what really matters, I think, after time goes by, and maybe if you lose the loved one that is sick, those precious pictures and new memories will be so helpful. Mm, they sure will. Mm. Well, um, any parting words that anyone wants to throw in there? Parting tips? I think Caitlin started out by saying, if you're having a difficult time, find someone to reach out to, find a support group, um, talk to your pastor, talk to your friends or your family, um, call a crisis line, but find someone to share those feelings with and get the support so that you can find the power and strength to get through the season. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that's very good advice, and uh, I guess I'm looking at the clock, and it looks like uh, that's about it for today's episode. Now, Take Us McGinnis Elder Care Law is a life care planning law firm, and we help families respond to their legal and financial challenges that are caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one. Please join us next week for another episode of Aging Starts Now. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com? Document downloads, the Take Us McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging Starts Now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness. 